It is time. It is here. The first official episode. There is so much to cover in this porn episode of psychology. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm terrified. This was a very crazy time in my life. Now, it has been a few years since all of this went down, and I think I'm finally at the point where I'm ready to rip those scars back open, relive the drama, and just be able to have that acceptance in myself for the decisions that I made and how it all played out. I guess the most logical place to start is the beginning and how I came to be naked on the internet. The way all of this had birthed into an actual plan was on a day that I was talking to a friend of mine, a a male friend of mine, who said, hey, guess what just happened to me? I just got paid $40 to get a blowjob. And I thought there was a typo. I thought he misspoke. He did not. And I asked him what the fuck he was talking about. And he told me that he knew this girl who did at the time what was called premium Snapchat. This was before OnlyFans really got big and mainstream. But she needed content for her Snapchat feed that men paid to watch. So if he would let her record this blowjob, she would pay him for it. At the time, I was dating someone. We were pretty serious. We were living together. We had a bit of a rocky relationship, but at the time, we were securely together. He is going to be a key player in probably a number of episodes. For the sake of privacy, I am going to give him the name Lance, and in a later episode, I'll explain why, Uh, but for now, that particular person will be Lance. So he told me that he thought I should do it. He thought this would be great. We were already having a lot of sex. Why not record it and make money off of it? He was secure with the relationship and our sex life and himself enough for me to do this. And I was encouraged by him. Now, at the time, I was on medical leave for work. I had a lot of issues going on. I had to have surgery. So my income had decreased significantly and it seemed kind of like an easy way to make some extra money on the side. I started researching how to go about doing this. I mean, it seemed easy enough. You make a Snapchat account, people pay you, you add them, and you essentially just upload nudes or sex videos or whatever, whatever you want, really, for them to have this exclusive access to. However, things can get a little messy when you are trying to manage The people that are quote-unquote subscribed 
when they've paid, when they need to pay next, whether or not you need to delete them by a certain date if they don't pay, it gets a bit overwhelming. Now, there was a company at the time, I don't know if they're still in existence or not, who would manage this for you and advertise you on their site. Then men or women would have to pay through their site. They would give their Snapchat username. The site would then alert you that payment had been made and that you were to add this person within, I think it was 48 hours. At that point, they kept track of how often the payments were made. And if a payment was not made on time, you would get another alert to delete them or remind them to pay or however you wanted to handle it personally. They did take a small percentage, but it was a nice setup so that it was convenient. So I decided to set up an account through this site to have them take over management of members. So all I had to do was read emails on who to add and who to delete, record content, and upload it. And it sounded like a really great gig. It sounded super simple. And this is where a lot of people have a false sense of reality when it comes to porn in this particular fashion, this subscription-based porn or, you know, amateur porn, you know, personal videos being made. It's a lot of work. And I didn't realize just how much work it is because when someone is paying you $10, $15, $20 a month, it varied as things progressed. They're expecting constant entertainment and constant content, which can get exhausting, especially at the time. Like I said, I was going through medical issues. So there were days where I didn't want to try to be sexy. I didn't want to have to set up my phone and finger blast myself to be able to post on Snapchat. I didn't want to. And those days were few and far between, but they did happen. What I learned in this was the best thing that you can do if you're looking to do something like this or start an OnlyFans since that's, you know, the big thing right now. Do it in bulk. Create content when you're feeling your best, when you are genuinely feeling sexy, when you are about to have the hottest sex of your life, record as much as you can. If there's lingerie or clothing, switch out outfits in between so that it looks like these are different occurrences. I swear to God, it is so much easier to have a ton of content at your disposal and filter out how much you put out every day. That way, if you do have a down day or something comes up or you're just really not in the right headspace, you still have something to post. That was so critical, especially in my situation, to make sure that if I was having a day where I was feeling myself, all I did all day long was take pictures, record, create content in some way, shape, or form. Now, what I had on my side in all of this was experience. I had a history of recording my sex life, of taking naked pictures, of doing these things for either myself or the person that I was with. So I was already comfortable with it. And I know there are people out there who see these numbers, 
who see these dollar signs from OnlyFans and think, I can just start doing it, but they've never gotten comfortable enough with themselves or their partner to ever take pictures or record anything. And that can be so detrimental to the business because that's what it is at the end of the day is a business that you're trying to create. Your insecurities are going to shine through when you look back on this porn if you're not comfortable with yourself and you're going to be even more uncomfortable putting it out for the world to buy. The best advice I could give someone who's looking to record themselves having sex for money or to start an OnlyFans is to do it for yourself first. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but if you are able to record yourself having sex with your partner and you're able to look back on that video and remember how you felt, what you heard, what you smelled, everything, if you're able to put yourself back in that situation so much so that it turns you on again, that is going to shine through to your audience. If you can't turn yourself on with your own porn, no one is going to pay to see it. I really feel like I'm hosting a boot camp for how to do porn. This is this is not where I saw my life going, but once you're comfortable, once you're able to make content, once you're able to post it and feel good about it and obviously make money off of it, there are some other things that you need to be prepared for. The first thing that you'll probably encounter are people who are subscribed to you. And this is whether you have an OnlyFans, whether you have a premium Snapchat, whatever platform you're using, if there is an option for these people to directly message you, first of all, they will. Second of all, you need to set some ground rules on what you're willing to accept. I know in my particular setup that I had, it was disclosed upfront when the person subscribed because it was through Snapchat and I could keep track of it, there was no screenshotting allowed. The reason for this is because if things get big, which mine did not, but if you go into this business venture and you start to make a name for yourself and you're making a decent amount of money, the last thing you want is someone getting your content and selling it for even a slightly lower amount than what you are and undercutting you. So it's really important to make sure you choose your platform wisely and you know the risks involved with each platform. Once you establish your ground rules and you make sure your subscribers are aware of them up front, you at that point have free reign to cut them off even if they've paid for the next six months if they break the rules. The two rules I had were no screenshotting and no soliciting sex. So no offers to pay me for sex. This was not a prostitution ring. This was simply a subscription-based porn service. There is, however, one type of interaction that you do not want to ban or dismiss, and that is requests for personal content. I probably made more money making custom content for subscribers than my actual subscription fees. And what that means is if somebody has a particular fetish, like a foot fetish, they will pay you 
a certain amount of money for feet pictures or maybe taking feet pictures with their name written on them so they know it's for them. That is where the money is at. I had one specific subscriber who about two to three times a week would DM me and ask me for a custom video. And it was always very specific, but it was always the same. It was a video of me either fingering myself or toying myself. And the only requirement he had was that I had to say his name. I didn't even have to have my face in the video. This man would pay anywhere between $40 and $60 per video. And this was just one of them. Now that was on the higher end of an amount of money to make off of a video. And granted, these videos were maybe 10 seconds long. 10 seconds of my life to make an average of 50 bucks. That's crazy. And that is way more than you're going to make off of an average of a $15 a month subscription to kill yourself to put out content every single day. So if you get these requests and it's something you're comfortable doing, that is the money train that you need to hop on. Now you might be asking, what if I'm single? What if I'm not being a hoe? What if I don't have a lineup? What if I don't have a roster? What if I have no one to make content with? Well, first of all, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but listen long enough and that will change. Second of all, there is nothing wrong with using just yourself for content. You can do pictures, you can do lingerie, you can do bikini pictures, you can do nudes, you can do masturbation videos, you can do masturbation pictures. There are so many ways to make a variety of creative content with just yourself. Now, everyone's comfort level is different. Everyone gets off to different types of masturbation. But if you are planning on making that your primary focus of your content, I would highly suggest investing in some toys. And if you're not familiar with toys, if you don't really have a lot of experience with them, go to a website that sells cheap toys and runs sales all the time, like Adam and Eve. That is one of the best websites to order things off to try before you invest in some of the more expensive sex toys. I remember the first time I ever bought a butt plug and don't knock them till you try them. I mean, they're great for everything, but I didn't know what kind to use. I didn't know if I should get metal, if I should get silicone, if I should get whatever other variety there is out there. Also pay attention because there are different sizes. I was not aware of this when I ordered the last one that I did, which was the first time I ever got a stainless steel one. And um, a medium isn't a medium. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's just say they run large. <laughs> so be aware of that. If it's your first time, trust me, you want to start small. Ease yourself into it and enjoy the ride because they're great for sex. They're great for masturbation. They're great just on their own. Seriously, I am a firm believer that everyone needs at least one butt plug in their life. I don't care if you're a male or a female or if you're straight or if you're gay or if you're bi. I don't care. Get a butt plug. But at the end of the day, even if you only have yourself to work with, even if you only have toys to work with, 
hell, even if you only have fingers to work with, someone is going to pay to see it. I was in a committed relationship with someone who I was having regular sex with, who I was recording sexual encounters with on a regular basis. But I really do believe looking back, the majority of my content that I posted was solo. And for the short amount of time that I was in this industry, it did well with just mainly being myself. So don't get caught up in not having someone to make content with. And who knows, you know, you do this long enough, you get involved with someone or, you know, you have a hookup or you have a, Jesus, a close friend for Christ's sake. They're could come an opportunity. You never know. So don't get hung up on how many people are involved. All you need is yourself. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking things sound pretty great. You're getting paid to finger yourself or fuck. You're getting new toys out of it. You're making extra money from people that want to pay obscene amounts of money for five seconds of your fingers in your pussy. However, I would be lying if I said there's no risk. And unfortunately, I found that out the hard way, which is why my porn star career came to a screeching halt. I picked a very inconvenient time to start doing porn. And that time was in the middle of a slightly drawn out custody battle. Now, had I educated myself properly ahead of time, I don't know how things would have turned out. I don't know how much longer I would have been in porn. It definitely would have extended it longer than the, I don't know, three months that I was in it, but it was getting exhausting. So I I can't honestly say I would still be doing it. However, the fact that there was naked, explicit content online for sale of myself was used against me in court. However, at the end of the day, it was completely irrelevant. If you are doing things yourself and or with consenting adults and there are no children involved, there are no children exposed, there is nothing fucking wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with it in terms of a moral compass and there is nothing wrong with it legally. Now, You may get funny looks. You may get raised eyebrows. If you are enjoying what you're doing and you are happy with the success that you have and it is not hurting anyone, whether it be other adults, whether it be your children, fuck what anyone else has to say about it. Slut shaming is ridiculous and unacceptable. And if this is a field that you seriously want to get into, you need to be prepared to shut that shit down. Now, in my particular situation, and based on case law, it was deemed irrelevant that I was doing porn while simultaneously being a mother. Reason being, my children were not involved. I was still taking care of my children. It was not interfering with my ability to care for them. I, in the eyes of the law, was doing nothing wrong. Do not let someone bully you or intimidate you into thinking otherwise. However, that decision did not come without a few bumps in the road. There were several processes that had to be gone through during this whole court battle. 
And one of them was quite interesting, (laughs) mainly because the judge involved was a woman, probably in her 70s, I would say, who really didn't understand social media platforms and how subscription-based porn worked or probably that it even existed, which had to be explained (laughs) and was also portrayed completely incorrectly by the opposing side. So having to argue, no, I didn't get paid to do this, I got paid to do that, was a very uncomfortable position to be in. But I think the worst part that at the time I was mortified and I thought my life was over. But now looking back, all I can do is laugh because now that it's over and done with, it's kind of fucking funny. When I was in porn, I was approached by a small podcast to call in for an episode and explain what I did and how it worked, how I got started. And that segment was played in the courtroom while I had to look a 70-year-old female judge in the eye as she listened to me talk about anal beads and my tits. Now, at this time, Lance, the ex that had talked me into this, and I had temporarily broken up. And he took this opportunity to provide personal information regarding the porn that I was doing and his involvement in it. This information was brought up at this particular hearing. However, he was not there. Instead, he showed up to the following hearing and contributed jack shit. But that feeling of betrayal on top of being humiliated, again, in the moment, looking back, it is what it is. But at that moment, feeling mortified by having to have things that were completely irrelevant exposed, having it cross a line that it never should have on top of being betrayed by someone who not only that you trusted, but also encouraged this in the first place was devastating. And I don't mean to take such a sad, dramatic turn. I just don't want to hide the fact that there are negative things that can come out of this. On top of all of that, I was put in a bad position with my employer at the time as well. Like I had earlier mentioned, when I started doing this, I was on medical leave. My income was practically cut in half and I needed to do something. And this was the quickest, easiest way to make some extra money to be able to survive through this time. Well, while I was gone, this was somehow brought to the attention of my HR department. Now, I was brought into the office on my first day back after having major surgery and ambushed on a three-way call with HR my district manager, while also in the office with my immediate supervisors. Once the cat was out of the bag and people knew at work what was going on, all bets were off. It became a witch hunt. On this HR call, I was questioned on whether or not I was the one posting this 
explicit material, to which I refused to answer until I had time to consult with my attorney since I conveniently had an attorney on retainer at that point because of everything else going on. Even though I refused to answer and even though I informed everyone involved in this call that I had an attorney to consult about this, I was further probed and told that the videos really looked like A, they were me, and B, I was aware that they were being recorded, so they didn't believe that this was done without my knowledge. Not that I denied it, but I also didn't confirm it. However, the immediate issue with that is the only possible way for this material to have been viewed is if it was paid for and if a subscription was created for this feed. Meaning, someone in that department, someone in that company had to have paid for my porn and viewed it. My parting words were asking if the company card was swiped for this or a personal credit card. And I proceeded to write my resignation email, leave an exit interview, citing the unprofessionalism that I had endured over five years, gathered my belongings, and pieced the fuck out. That was one of the most glorious days of my life. I went home, I made an announcement, I did shots, I felt this huge weight lifted because of the toxic environment that that particular workplace was and I'm sure continues to be. Now that I have covered the negative side to doing porn, I I need to reiterate if this is something that you want to do, if this is something that you feel comfortable doing and you're happy doing, do it. Fucking do it. Since COVID, it's been such a saturated industry, especially with OnlyFans. If you are serious about this, the time to do it was yesterday. Get out there, make yourself stand out, have fun. Now on to the more fun topics, even though we've already covered butt plugs and I really hope by this point in the episode, you've paused and jumped online and ordered at least two butt plugs because you need them in your life. I don't know why so many people have a problem with the term either. Like It's almost like they feel weirded out by it. But if you just sit alone and say the words to yourself over and over and over, eventually you'll be comfortable with it. And when you actually try them, you're not going to give a single fuck how stupid the term sounds. You're going to swear by them just like I do. Now, I have had some questions and advice asked of me regarding setting up or utilizing OnlyFans or premium Snapchat or whatever platform you're using. And one of the most asked questions has been how to promote it if you're trying to hide it. There are two ways to go about this. Based on my experience and how much more successful I could have been if I freely promoted and didn't try to hide it at first, 
I would say make sure you're in a situation where you can freely promote and be comfortable enough to not give a fuck because that's how you're going to be the most successful. However, if you're in a situation where you absolutely can't, but you still want to do it, the I have not personally done this, but I've heard great success stories from using Reddit. Apparently, there are threads on Reddit of people promoting their OnlyFans, which really the odds of somebody you know being on that specific thread are slim to none. So Reddit's a great way to promote. Um, I know some people use WhatsApp and there's like forums on there, groups on there that are specific to OnlyFans or like sugar daddy groups who are probably going to be more than willing to subscribe to your OnlyFans or just fucking send you money for custom videos. So there are ways around it if you really absolutely are 100% insistent on hiding it. But if you're able to, if it's not going to risk your career or a relationship, I want to say, but if it's going to risk your relationship, you probably shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Just be open about it. It's going to make it a lot harder to be ambushed or slut-shamed if you are upfront and open about it. I've been asked a lot as well if I'm still doing porn, if I have an OnlyFans, and the answer to that is no. I have not been in that world for close to two years now, and I really can't say that I miss it or would want to go back, which is another question is whether or not I would ever do it again. Um, I, I don't think that I would. I don't think the situation would ever come up in my life where I would want to. I would much rather talk about sex and take the stigma away from certain things that are taboo than record myself having sex and sell it. And that's not to say I'm not going to continue to record my sex life. I think it's incredibly hot. I think it can bring a lot to a relationship or even if, you know, you're friends with benefits, whatever. I think it is a healthy thing to do if everyone involved is comfortable with it. But I don't see myself in a position to want to sell it ever again. I'm glad I had the experience because I can say that I know what it's like and I learned from it and I can help other people who are looking to get into it. But at this point in life, it's just not my thing anymore. I think it's great for some people. There are so many people that are reaping the benefits and I'm so happy for them and I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of, but my time is up. Another thing I get asked is if OnlyFans is the smartest way to go. I really can't answer that from personal experience because I, when I did porn, OnlyFans existed, but it wasn't spoken of very often. It was not what it is today. So I had created an, an account just to see what it was about but I never promoted it. I never utilized it. I never posted on it. 
it was literally just an account that was created and that was it with zero content. So I can't speak from experience. From what I understand, they take 20%, which seems a little high to me. Um, I'm trying to remember what percentage I had taken, but I really do not think it was that high. But my best advice, if you're able to manage it, which you you have to be organized from the beginning in order to pull this off, but if you can manage it yourself, do it yourself. Set up calendar alerts or you know, have a separate agenda or planner to keep track and just charge people through, you know, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, whatever and don't pay someone else to send an automated email, especially 20%. Now, I understand with OnlyFans, you have the benefit of marketing right on their site. And if you're a top performer, you know, you're obviously going to get more spotlight. But again, with all the resources there are with Reddit, with WhatsApp, with seeking arrangements. Hell, you could use Tinder. I mean, you got to be careful. I personally got banned from Tinder because of premium Snapchat, which I'll explain in a minute. But there are so many resources to use that you can be successful on your own without relying on a company to promote you. Circling back to being banned from Tinder because of premium Snapchat. So let me clarify, at the time I was done with porn. This happened when my ex and I split, when Lance and I split for the absolute final time, which was last year. I was having a hard time completely letting go. There was a lot of back and forth for a few months after we had split up and I really needed a distraction. I really needed someone or something to keep me from running back to him because I feel like a lot of times I was just bored or I was lonely and I would crawl back or I would finally respond to that text or you know listen to that voicemail and then it was just repeating this vicious cycle and I didn't want to do that anymore so I made a funny joke in my tinder bio but tinder didn't think it was that funny and a lot of guys that I talked to on tinder told me that there's so many bots and spam accounts and girls that are just trying to sell their OnlyFans or their campsite or, you know, just nudes in general or whatever. And I, again, was trying to be funny and put in my bio that I'm not here to sell you my premium Snapchat. I just need to stop sleeping with my ex. (laughs) Within five minutes of adding that to my bio, my account was disabled and I was banned. I tried to use different email addresses. I tried to use burner numbers. I paid for burner numbers. They completely locked me the fuck out all over making a joke. And unfortunately, what I learned is there is no like appeal process or any kind of like troubleshooting if you get banned. Like that's just, it is what it is. And it was really shitty, especially at the time, because I so desperately needed a distraction. 
I mean, there's plenty of other apps, but Tinder's like the way to go if you're just straight up bored or need to keep yourself from talking to someone like this instance. Now, I do have an entirely different episode planned dedicated to dating apps, specifically Tinder, but some other ones as well, and some eventful experiences that I've had, but another possible way to gain some business if you are shameless and you're just looking to make your money and you don't care how you do it is Ashley Madison. (laughs) And I know it's not going to be for everyone. I know that might be a line for some people that they don't want to cross and that's totally fine. But if you give zero fucks and you're willing to do whatever it takes and go on whatever site you need to, I would imagine that's probably a very, very good resource to use, especially if you just so happen to maybe see someone local on there that you know or you know their significant other and they really want you to keep bit quiet that they're on the site. Maybe just slide them your link. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not condoning blackmail, but I am condoning making money. So sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Just be prepared if you do choose to use Ashley Madison and you are a female seeking out males, you will see way more dicks than you've ever wanted to in your entire life. I dabbled on Ashley Madison back in the fall, I believe it was. And I was only on there for a few days. I instantly regretted it. I've seen shriveled dicks. I've seen hairy dicks. I've seen wrinkly dicks. I've seen old dicks. I've seen way too many dicks that I didn't want to see. And they just send them through like that's their opener is just their flaccid penis on your phone screen. I went probably like a month without sex because I was so freaked out by dicks at that point. So just be prepared for that. I forget whether or not you can see if the message is like text or a picture ahead of time. Because you could probably assume if it's a picture, it's a dick. But that definitely kind of threw me for a loop. I was getting probably about 150 messages a day. And 75% of them either were opening with a dick pic or there was a message with a dick pic like right in the beginning. So definitely be prepared. Try to desensitize yourself ahead of time because if you are doing this while you are with someone and they're cool with it and they don't care that you're seeking out business, um, they're probably going to be jerking off for a while because you're not even going to want to see their dick. It's just, it's repulsive. So let's talk about getting comfortable having a camera in front of you while you're fucking. 
let's just we already kind of touched base on the whole masturbation thing and trying out toys but let's say you are in a relationship or you have somebody that you're regularly fucking and they agree to record having sex with you no matter what kind of sex that is or whatever variation whether it's regular sex whether it's oral sex whether it's just some sort of like fooling around of some sort there's so many different possibilities that you you can really go a lot of directions with this and everyone appeals to different kinks and fetishes so there the possibilities really are endless and I feel like as long as you're not hurting anyone as long as there's no minors involved as long as there's nothing illegal going on do do what you want do what you like the best thing that you can do is find out what your specialty is and just run with it that's probably going to be the easiest way to be successful because people that are attracted to those kinks will come to you. They will find you. But if you've never recorded yourself having sex before or maybe you're nervous because you've only recorded sex before and kept it private, I got you. What you need to remember is that people are paying to see you fuck. So any kind of insecurity, any kind of doubt that you have, this person is paying money to see a perfect stranger have sex. Or even just with the intention of seeing a perfect stranger naked. When they can find millions upon millions of videos and pictures online for free. Instead of doing that, they're choosing to pay you to see you. That in and of itself should be a confidence boost for you and should make you feel like there is no reason for you to be anything less than confident anytime that you record, anytime that you snap a picture. That is the the biggest thing that you should keep in the forefront of your mind is to remember Somebody is paying for this. Any Anytime you have any little ounce of doubt, just remind yourself, someone's paying to see my vagina. Secondly, the biggest thing that I wish I would have done differently is the amount of times that I would replay a video specifically before I would post it. Yes, I think it's important to look back and yes, I think it's important to edit out parts of the video that maybe you don't want. Maybe you hit record before you actually set up and position the camera and you need to edit that you know, front clip out or something like that. Totally fine. Definitely do that. But I used to obsess and watch over and over and I would get so self-conscious of certain angles or certain moans or like the way my eyes would roll in the back of my head. I would be like, no, that looks too dramatic. Or if it was a point of view porn, I would be like, oh my God, you can see my asshole. Like what if somebody's turned off by that? I overthought things so much and nobody gave a shit. You probably could keep the 
beginning clip of you setting up the camera and nobody would care. Like you really need to get out of your own head. And I know it's so hard to do, especially when you're watching yourself. But if you are able to get out of your own head and watch it as if you're watching something on Pornhub of somebody that you don't know, that's going to be your best asset to keep your insecurities at bay. Because I can promise you 99.9% of the insecurities and flaws that you see in that video or that picture, no guy that's getting ready to squirt his baby gravy all over his fucking phone watching you is going to give a shit about. Now, maybe you are somebody who was born hitting the mental health lottery and you don't have any insecurities. You don't have any anxiety. Well, first of all, fuck you. And second of all, you, I I can't even say you've made it through half the battle. You've made it through 80% of the battle because that is the hardest part. After that, things just flow so naturally, but... There is a habit that's very easy to slip into that's very important to avoid, and that is having sex to record content. If you do that, things are going to become very routine, things are going to become very robotic, and things are going to become very stale. I'm not just talking about your videos, and I'm not just talking about your sex life. I'm talking about both. They will simultaneously decline and any kind of genuine chemistry that you have going on with the other person is going to fade and fizzle out because it's going to feel like a job. And I I know it sort of kind of is, but sex is meant to be fun. Sex is meant to be entertaining and it can be all of those things on a recording if it's genuine. Always, always, always pull out the camera after you've already decided that you're horned up and you want to have sex. That's when you are going to have the highest quality content. The Some of the best videos that I ever made were from nights where I would be not drunk to a point where I didn't know what I was doing, but kind of buzzed, loosened up a little bit, more experimental. When you're relaxed and you can maybe try new things that you've been talking about, that's when you want to pull out that camera, not some Sunday morning where you wake up and say, hey, you know, uh, you want to just throw it in me for a few minutes. That's not the kind of content that's going to make you the money. Now, with that all being said, there are certain times that should trigger you to pull out a camera if you are in this line of work. If there is something that you are doing for the first time that has been hyped up in your relationship, whatever form of a relationship that may be, pull out the camera. If worse comes to worst, it's a shitty video and you delete it and you move on with your life. But the first time that I ever had a cum shot on my face was recorded and I am so fucking happy that it was because that video was such an iconic moment. I sound like I'm fucking Jenna Jameson. Like I was some central PA girl with a fucking premium Snapchat, but that was really a turning point for me. And that's when people 
really started to perk up their ears and have other people subscribe and I started getting more money off of it. It was such a hot moment and the fact that it was the first time it had ever happened to me gave such a genuine natural reaction that people thought I was selling it so well but I wasn't like it legitimately was 100% a real reaction. The rule I would go by is if it feels like it's going to be hot or has the potential to be hot, just record it. You can always go back and delete a video or a picture, but you can't go back in time and record a genuine moment. The last pretty popular topic that I wanted to touch on is fees. What do I charge? How much should I have people pay as a subscription fee? That's an extremely difficult question to answer. It really depends on what you're selling. If you are putting out multiple files of content a day, every day of the month, I don't see an issue with you charging somewhere between $17 to $20 a month. Now, that has to be quality content. That has to be a variety of things that you're doing, not just posting pictures in your underwear every day and charging 20 bucks a month for it. It's just, that's absolutely ridiculous. And you're going to be called out on it. But there are people that are posting every hour on the hour every day who can easily make 20 bucks a month per subscriber, which adds up over time. I mean, you know, as you're client base increases. And then let's also not forget any kind of custom videos or pictures that you're doing is money on top of that. And usually any kind of custom video you're doing just for that video that's typically only 10 to 15 seconds long is going to make you more money than one subscription fee for the month. Another perk to all of this are gifts. There are so many girls that have Amazon wish lists. And if you talk to a guy a little bit and kind of build a little bit of a rapport with them, there's no reason that you can't start getting gifts sent to you from Amazon wish lists. I'm sure there's other websites that you can make registries for. There are other ways to monetarily benefit that aren't just your subscription fees. So don't get too hung up on it. If you're posting once or twice a day, every day or almost every day, I really would not skip days unless you absolutely have to, which is why I said earlier to film and take pictures in bulk. That way you always have something every day to post. I would start around the $10 mark when you are just starting to gain a following, when you're you know kind of fresh in the game and you're still trying to navigate it and find your niche, I would start around $10. But also offer the custom content. Offer, hell, some girls make the men pay just to DM them, just for a response. You can make money off of receiving dick pictures. Some guy wants to send you a dick pic. You say, yeah, sure. Venmo me 20 bucks. He does it. You get the picture and instantly delete it. You don't even have to actually look at it. There are so many ways to make money other than just your monthly fees. I think I've 
covered all of the areas that I have experience in with the porn world and the subscription world. The biggest takeaway that I just want anyone listening to have from this is not to let anyone dictate your own decisions. If you are passionate about this and you want to do this, do it. One concern that people have is if doing something like this will affect their relationship. And I think at that point, you have to make a decision on what's more important to you. And there is nothing wrong if doing porn and being successful at it is more important to you than your significant other. Then you probably shouldn't be with that person anyway. But that is your decision to make and only yours. If it's something you sort of kind of want to do and your significant other is not comfortable with it and is not willing to tolerate it, then it might be something that you should think twice about. It's not for everyone. It's not something that every single person is going to want to do or going to be successful at, but it is something that every person that has the desire to do it, a a true burning desire, should not be prevented or shamed for doing it. That, That has always been something that absolutely infuriates me, is shaming someone for doing something that is consensual, doing something to make their money and get that bag that isn't hurting anyone. Safe, consensual acts that, again, are not involving minors, are not hurting anyone, are none of anyone else's goddamn concern to judge, to shame, to tell someone not to do. It's so fucking disgusting to me. We talk so much about racism and sexism. I really, truly believe this issue is also something that needs awareness brought to it. And unfortunately, there's still this stigma around sex work. And it's still something that a lot of people are shaming. But it is a legitimate field of work. It's hard fucking work. There are days where I put in more work into my porn than I did at my actual quote unquote real job. It's a lot and it's mentally exhausting and especially dealing with some of the verbal abuse that you get, not only from strangers, but from people closest to you, people that you know, it takes its toll and it is definitely a profession to be respected. And that's really the point I want to get across with this episode specifically, but this podcast as well, is to take the shame out of sex, to take the shame out of kinks, to take the shame out of talking about whatever the fuck we want to. So I really hope you enjoyed the first official episode. If so, please make sure you're subscribed and I'll see you guys next week.